Secret Friends Unite! Welcome to the Secret Friends Unite podcast episode 369. Dude, I'm your host, Todd Oxtra, joined by Charlie Carden. Woo! Uh, you know, we just had, oh, we have a 69 coming up on uh, on Code 47, the episode after next, and I'm going to, I think I wrote Snicker in the notes, and I have, I have a female co-host, uh, Katie, who doesn't put up with my shenanigans, so I may have to leave that out <laughs> and just be an adult. Yeah. We'll see. This is, we'll this see. is for mature audiences, uh, yes. hopefully, although our comedy is less than mature, but that's okay. But we're going to class up the joint this week, Charlie, with yeah, we our are. special guest, a new member joining the Secret Friends Unite this week, and that is Mr. Eric Holst. Eric, how are you tonight? I am good. How are you, my friend? Doing good. Glad to have you. Yes, this is very exciting. So, Eric, when we bring a new member of the Secret Friends Unite on, we ask you to give us your geek origin. So tell us all about how you became the nerd you are today. Sure. Um, My origin story starts with A New Hope. My uh, dad took me to a drive-in and I watched it while eating fried chicken, which I remember so vividly. And I just just remember, you know, being four or five years old and that just that story just kind of resonating with me that that this is what a story could look like. And then, you know, fast forwarding a couple of years, I started to get um, mostly into video games. A lot of what I do in the geekdom ends up in the video game world. But as far as comics and movies, um, I spent a lot of time collecting comics. I ended up, uh, when I was 13, I worked at a comic book shop. And uh, wow. they paid me in, They paid me in comics, and I did the pull oh. lists for them. So Under the table. Um, Under the table. You know, and Todd and I were talking before the show that, like, that was right before, for me, it got super interesting with Jim Lee and Todd McFarlane and Chris Claremont. And that was kind of, like, my seminal years. And um, then after that, it's just been kind of a hodgepodge of whatever interests me at, at the time, you know, I'll kind of float all over the place. I am not, um, you know, Charlie, I know you're super into Star Trek. I don't really have a genre I'm super into. I will float around and find different things that I find interesting. And stay it's, there a, for a it's okay. Todd's the same way. He doesn't actually I'm exactly the same way. I don't go deep. I go wide. Yes. Uh, yes. And I love so much. I that, to devote myself. That's what she said. Okay. Sorry. See, there you go. <laughs> So, so with that, Eric, do you have like a favorite thing right now? Oh man. Um, comic wise, I would say my two favorite things, and I know we'll get to this later in the show, but my two favorite things right now are, um, that Todd McFarlane is doing that year of the spawn and he's finally launching a gunslinger spawn comic book. I think we're four or five issues in. That's probably my favorite thing I'm reading right now. And then watching while this isn't necessarily, Geeky, um, 1883 on Paramount Plus. Um, yeah! <laughs> oh, Todd, Todd, why don't you tell him about how much you've been all over my ass about talking about no, no, that no. show? No, no, Eric nailed it though. It's not geeky in genre, but you continue to bring it up. You know, I know. Well, I mean, you just you just continue to encourage me because of your disdain. <laughs> It's like, look, I I want you to know, I listened to the show. I read all of the notes. At no point did I say I could not bring up cowboy stuff. So I'm sorry if I broke some sort of code that there are cowboys. 
It's just for Todd. Todd doesn't do a lot of like period piece stuff. Like he wouldn't watch Mad Men. He's just not into that kind of stuff. No, I don't. I don't mind that. Like I like a good western. I like that. Um, and it's funny because we we like eighteen three definitely period piece. Now, when you talk about uh, the modern show with Kevin Costner, that's Dallas. That is exactly yes. modern day Dallas. It's like there's nothing period piece about it. It is just like who's cheating on who, who's doing. What, that's all it is. It's a soap opera for adults. That's all it is. And and that was kind of what my wife and I were talking about. It's like I'm not really sure I need another Dallas in my life, but this right. thing is pretty cool. So <laughs> it was yeah, we got to, we got totally sucked in by by Yellowstone, yeah, by the the yeah. The, 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 the preceding series. So anyway, well, and it's funny because 1883 is the creator basically said that's all it is. It's one snapshot, it's one story, which is I think is phenomenal to it's tell a amazing. story in one season. And then it's yeah, like, right. you know we don't have to continue it, make it like The Walking Dead with 18 seasons. Oh yeah, like, oh, yeah. Yeah, the oh objective was not to get to Yellowstone. Like we're going to tell it in real time. We're going to have eighty-five seasons, or yes. whatever it would be, hundred two. <laughs> we're yeah, we're going to have we're going to have to walk. It's all it's it's eighteen eighty-three on foot. Yes, yes. So <laughs> very cool. Well, Eric, thank you for joining us. And as I as I mentioned uh, in the pre-show, I said you know we're going to pick a cover, and before we get into it. We want you to tell us what you think happens in Fantastic Four three sixty nine. I mean, I don't have any. I I mean, other than clearly, Susan Richards is dead, and she is now. I don't. I don't know if she has a safe word. I feel it's like what's happening in this, ep- this episode. I don't know. I, I, like, you know, this one is so crazy. And you and I were talking about this. Like, this is a. You guys are getting into rarefied air where there just aren't a lot of comic books past two. You know, three seventy or three eighty. But this one is certainly. I, yeah. yeah, I don't, I don't have and, any idea what happened and, here. And this is super deep. And again, I, I, I'm i seeing characters from East Coast Avengers, West Coast Avengers. You're seeing Hulk. Yeah, you're seeing Hulk is wearing like half of an outfit. Uh, yeah, X-Factor, you got Strong Guy there, but you've also got the regular X-Men with, it's just a, a crazy, how, oh, you got you got the old school Drax Destroyers in the mix? Absolutely, you've got Moondragon, you've got a variety yeah. of just team members, and you've got Thanos in the very bottom, too, so. Right, yeah, right, well, because, because it was it was an Infinity War crossover, so yeah, that was right when Thanos first came back, so yeah. Um, yeah, that was, that was nuts, um, as I mentioned before, Fantastic Four was the comic my brother followed when we were kids. I picked it up in, in subsequent years because I really love the characters. But yeah, this was, I mean, this was a dark period. We've done a string of these recap covers that were, um, that have been the Avengers run, which I gave up on because Todd and Katie kind of made me because I'm like, no, I'm going to stick it up. And it's just the dark ages of Marvel for like, everything except probably the X-Men was during this time. It was yeah. just a lot of creative, like just Ugh, what was going on? I mean, like, is this like Reed Richards, like dark fantasy coming forward? Like Susan, I, I was scared to tell you what I'm into. I might get right. stabbed by your helmet, but yes, but that, like. but that, that unfortunately her kink turned into a thing for everybody. So it was some kind of weird group sex thing. I don't, you know what? It's, it's too much. It's too much. You got to let it go. Got to let it go. Yeah. Yeah. We, we, we like, yeah, there's a reason why Marvel went into bankruptcy and then was acquired by right. uh, Toy Biz and then eventually Disney. So there you go. Disney, this is what you inherited. So right, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, you better believe it. Uh, but moving on from there, now it's time. Let's get on the, we're, I think we're down on the budget. We got to get on the bus uh, and get down to Hollywood and Vine and have a little chit chat with our favorite senior news correspondent. That would be Madam Webb. So let's go. Now it's time for Madam Webb's rumors and news. Take it away, boys. Thank you, Madam Webb. Oh, my goodness. Eric, 
Um, just to tell you just to be a little nervous, we've got a senior citizen who gets a little... <sighs> It's a little annoying at times. So she may come to you because she knows you're in media. She's looking to break into media at this point. So if you're truly looking for a raucous senior citizen to be on any type of, you know, live broadcast, be a voiceover artist, you know what? We'll send her resume along, although it will be on the back of a postcard or it will be transmitted by the Pony Express. I feel like old timey TikTok might be a thing. She could probably do Ooh. that, right? You bet. Like, just like tin types, like, hey, check it out. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Yes. Is that the machine where you had to like scroll it and look at it, like at uh, Henry Ford Museum? I believe that's like a Nickelodeon type. Oh, <laughs> oh, yes. she could be a Nickelodeon, but it'd be, it'd be more like a penny farthing. I don't know. It'd be yes. something cheaper, so a little bit on the lower end. Yes. Any, anyway, uh, I'm going to jump in right here. This is great news for Trekkers. We we have been. Uh, we have been kind of besieged for many years uh, for the fact that uh, Star Trek The Motion Picture, the director's cut, now the, film, the original film came out in 1979, uh, this director's cut came out in 2001 before the, the death of, of the director of the film, which would be Robert Wise, you know, Hollywood royalty, uh, a, a hotly debated film, visually gorgeous, kind of slow moving that a lot of people don't really get with, uh, but for us Dive in the World Trekkers, we really dig it. And I really dig it because it was, you know, the, the TOS films for me was my exposure to a lifelong uh, love of Star Trek. Uh, and, and I really enjoy this film kind of for its own merits. But um, this poor film, this director's cut, has languished for the last 21 years in standard definition. And Todd and I were talking about SD as we frequently do. Uh, only uh, uh, Star Trek The Next Generation, the original series, and Enterprise are in HD in the Star Trek uh, catalog of television shows. Both Voyager and DS9 are not. It's kind of a tough watch. So this is amazing news. Over on Paramount+, Plus on April the 5th, which is First Contact Day, reference to Star Trek First Contact, uh, the, the day that humanity met the Vulcans within that film, we are getting an awesome uh, UHD uh, release of this on Paramount Plus, which is very smart of them, because uh, they're going to drive people to that site. So this should be incredible. It's it's a great it's a great cut. They added a lot of really wonderful things to this film back in 01 uh, that were storyboarded but not completed back in 1979. So it's new effects, but it was not new crazy like George Lucas and the ugly driving into Mos Eisley with the you know, I, I, don't even get me started with the special editions. But at any rate, this is very exciting. It's going to be followed also by an event uh, in May, uh, a couple, three dates in May uh, at Fathom Events where this is going to be in movie theaters. I am dying to see if there's going to be one here in GR. I don't know if there is yet because the tickets aren't on sale until April the 8th, so after the film comes out. And then a, uh, a home video disc release is scheduled for the fall, which is one of the rare discs that I will actually purchase because I keep hard copies of all the Star Trek stuff. That's about it. I don't do physical media. I've pretty much given it up. Um, but I make a huge exception with this kind of stuff. So this is awesome news, and I just absolutely cannot wait to see it. It's, it's pretty cool, Charlie, that um, this, when I looked at the trailer for it, I'm like, that's impressive. And that's what I always talk about, enhancing the experience. Obviously, you've got the original experience that you want people to have, but it's awesome to see it then updated to look like how people would expect it to look. Um, because it wasn't the special effects that were like people wanted to watch the movie for, even though it probably looked better than the original series. But it's taking that expectation to like modern, you know, aesthetics. And it's like we want the story to 
to stay the same, but we don't want the visuals to like, oh my God, what is that? I can see the the wires hanging down as they're moving around. I yeah, thought this right. looked really cool, very neat. But I think the problem is you're going to have with Star Trek fans, a lot of them are so like angry that they can't watch it on syndication on Channel 50 in Detroit as they oh, yeah. love. Um, but there's no physical release for this, right? It's only going to be on no, no. Plus. Well, that's what I was saying. The physical release will follow in September. Oh, they have to notice that. Okay, so first yeah. dibs, you go there. But I was expecting, that's because that's one of the things. Not everything going to a streaming service these days will go to, to uh, physical well, media. So it's, that's it's more, Yeah, it's more and more rare. And you can tell, obviously, the demand uh, is something that they factor in. But they mm-hmm. don't want to, you know, kind of cut off their noses to spite their faces, which yeah. is why they're releasing it six months from now. You know very what I mean? Cool, very cool. Yeah, so Eric, what do you, what's your stance on, like, taking old things like uh, this version or like the what, special editions where they update them because of data technology. Are, are you a fan of it? Do you, is it a case by case basis? I would say it's probably a case by case basis with this one. I agree. I think the trailer looked really great. I love it. I mean, you know, my background is in marketing. I love the fact, cause right now, if you are an Xbox user, you get a month of Paramount plus free. So you can mm-hmm. watch the Halo show. Yep. So the, the chance that, you know, these new, users of uh, an Xbox that maybe got one for Christmas might stumble across this platform and that be their entry point into a new part of the sci-fi universe, I think is absolutely genius. I I, I love all, all the things about it. And then, you know, Charlie, I know six months is a long time to wait, but that's kind of clearly for the hardcore, right? Where Correct. this is, this yeah, is to like, say. you know, this is to get people to just kind of go, what is this? I've never heard of this thing. Exactly. Exactly. Go. Correct. Yeah. Exactly correct. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, yeah, I will, you know, when that pre-order becomes available, I'll pop that out on Amazon and then it'll just show up at my door. But I will have watched it any number of times. Um, when we do shows with my Star Trek club, I have a binder this, like a, like a DVD binder this thick and this tall. I have every disc of every classic release that I, if we are at a big enough show, I just have a TV there and I have a, my little Blu-ray player behind it and I just swap the discs out. Um, but that stays with my show stuff. So I never, that's not how I watch the episodes. Sure. I, I, I purchased TNG because it's an HD uh, on Voodoo just because I want to have that, but it's also accessible on Paramount Plus. But I have been the person that, you know, I become the troll when I see people bitching on the groups, on the, all the Star Trek groups on Facebook, like, oh, my God, I'm watching Voyager for the first time, but they're taking it away. How can they do this? I'm like, because they want the money and they wanted, I want you to subscribe to services. Like people don't understand business. You know, it's just, that's great that you enjoy, have enjoyed Netflix for the last 15 years and having everything being once, but it's crowded marketplace. Uh, and this is capitalism. So, uh, buckle up and, you know, you know, put what it didn't Dennis Leary say, put on your helmet. Life sucks. Get a fucking helmet. Lock it down. Lock it down. It's going to happen. It's going to cost. So go out and buy the discs or buy it on digital, but zip it. Because that's just the way it's going to be. Yeah, the days of physical media is, you know, I would still there would be like a niche market, kind of like the record market, um, where you can still buy vinyl to a certain extent. Mm-hmm. And because, right. you know, there's a and, and Warner Brothers did that for a while with like their like niche market where they still make a certain amount of discs it would be more expensive. That may come in the future where it's like I only like physical media. Maybe they'll do that. But I just think these property owners only want people to subscribe rather than buy and not connect. So I think that's the future. And maybe you'll be able to go to the library and pick up a copy. But even you see libraries are going to like their digital services for for like streaming media as well. Yeah. So we'll see how that goes. Uh, Next story. And Eric and I 
are coming to the table with this story where our friend Charlie, unfortunately, failed to I'm do his homework in advance. Very, very busy doing many important things. Yes, yes, yes. Absolutely. No. Um, but, you know, this is a really cool story because. We oh, wait, 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 wait. Hold on. Hold on. I'm going to close my eyes. Close your eyes. When, yes. As you yes. describe it to me, I'm going to see it in my mind. So I'm ready. Okay. I'm ready. Absolutely. And I'm going to. I'm going to hand this over to Eric after I've just introduced this. So essentially, we were told there would be more deleted scenes delete, released for the Batman after it was released. And I'm like, are they going to do it when it's released on HBO Max? Or how they do it? No, they're just going to release essentially a six minute cutscene of the Joker being introduced to the Batman in a scene that seems familiar, familiar to like... Um, Silence of the Lambs or something going to see Hannibal Lecter. Very cool. With the Joker played by Barry Keown, I believe is his name. Um, Kogan, and we right. got to see yes. Um who was in Eternals. Yeah, um, he was the uh the uh that's the thing about the Eternals, you don't know any Druig, of their names. Druig was his name. None of them they were all super interchangeable, nobody cared. But yeah, that's my comment- yeah. that's my commentary on the Eternals. Anyway. Yeah, he, he could basically change people's minds. Druig. So so Eric, um I mean obviously if you've not watched this, I'd recommend people look at it. It's very cool, um, very neat, and it definitely feels like this is like Obviously, what the director, Matt Reeves, is going after, he's going after like these serial killer vibes in different mediums. So it's very cool. So, Eric, you said you saw this like eight times. So oh, I'm what you think? I'm, you know, I mean, I know you guys have a segment later where it's like, what are you watching? And this is the thing that I'm currently addicted to, because once I figured, <laughs> once I, awesome. well, because once I figured out that they had made their own lenses to get that that mm. out of focus depth of field feel, you know, in your you're just dealing on another level. And one of the things I would say before I get into spoilers is if you have not seen this film, you need to enter this film thinking that it is a detective film. It's seven with Batman, not Marvel and space lasers, right? Like that's not going to happen in this film. And if you're entering, waiting for that to happen, those tend to be the people that hate this film, but I'm currently, yeah, yeah. Three hours in you, you probably should have figured that out. (laughs) Yes. But like the aesthetic I think is very cool. And what I like about this scene is I think this scene would have ruined the movie for me because it would have taken all of the power away from the Riddler when you bring in the Joker. Right. And what I would love to see out of this, this introduction is a, I want to know how long they can keep this going. Right. Cause they're running that Riddler website. That's doing new riddles every single week. That's pushing the story further off of the screen and then doing stuff like this. Where, like you said, they're going to be releasing a bunch of deleted scenes. I would love it if the Joker is not the main bad guy in the next movie, but is Hannibal Lecter. So Bruce is going to talk to the Joker about Hush or the Court of Owls or whatever the rumors are for the next film. I think that would be a great way to kind of keep the Joker at bay and make these film, you know, these little vignettes kind of a high voltage and high tension because it's watching this whole interaction kind of unravel in five and a half minutes to me that I've watched it so many times because I think the camera work is incredible. I think the acting is fantastic and the soundscape, you know, for those who haven't seen it or if you, even if you have Todd, I'll say this to you, mm-hmm. just watch the first 60 seconds. They oh, yeah. run the sound of that jail door closing, that, that way, I done. you Damn. know, for way longer than it needed to have happened to kind of set what's, you know, how locked down this character needs to be. We're going to play this noise, you know, cause 
it's just an establishing noise. We're in a jail, but we play it for like 90 seconds to say, hey, we're really locking this guy down. And, and I just love the storytelling in that five minutes and can't wait to see what happens. But more importantly, Todd, how much longer they could push this story without releasing another film? Oh, absolutely. Rotolata.com is the... I'm probably killing the pronunciation is, is the website you go to. It was a, at the end of the movie, you went to it. They showed a website. Very cool idea. I went to it and I got the riddle wrong. So <laughs> I'm not that smart, but it's fun that they're doing that and they're having a good time with it. This will be on HBO max in, I think uh, April, they said 45 days after its release, which is great because then people who still were nervous about the pandemic have kids and things like that can see it and experience the fun. I don't know if this, this scene will be like an addition added in. So I'm curious how they're going to do that. And maybe it's like an, an extras portion that you can experience later. Or maybe there'll be like a Riddler takes over or, or, you know, that Riddler takes over HBO max as well on that page, which would be even cooler. Right. Let, let me just mystery. say, let me say two quick things though. Cause you said kids, uh, unless oh. you show your kids oh. Pennywise movies for fun, do not take them to this movie. Oh, they, no, they, no, I they, mean, they just might. They just, yeah. No, no, take, no. Taking kids to Deadpool. There you go. <laughs> no, no, no. You put your kids to bed. Then you watch this, but this is like spending but, $180 for a babysitter. So you can see this. But here's the thing. Yeah, I hear you. But here's the one thing I would say. And, and Todd, I assume you've seen you've both seen it. Oh, of course. The, the Foley work in this movie almost demands Beautiful. to be seen in a theater, mm -hmm. right? Because you're going to yeah, yeah. miss the amount of work that they go into. That's, I get it if you want to watch it at HBO Max and you, and you want to stay home and you don't want to go to a theater. Mm -hmm. But if you have any interest, it next to Dunkirk might be the most impressive Foley work mm -hmm. I've ever heard. Oh, yeah. It's yeah. amazing. Dunkirk was spectacular in the theater. I'm right there with you. Yeah, I, I that movie, the sound and just the experience was unreal, and that's why theaters still matter. Um, but I get it if you can't, because some people just can't get away; they can't afford Absolutely. the the whatever hundred dollars a night babysitter. Right. It, it's right. crazy. Yes. Right. Yeah, but, but this is fantastic. I, I loved it, um, and it's funny because in the Titans TV series on HBO Max, uh, it's essentially the same thing where um, the Titans see Edward Nigma for very similar information about a serial killer, uh, Jason Todd, in this instance, the Red Hood. And it's interesting they use that mechanic of using someone who likes riddles or somebody who knows the, the enemies they're facing for more information. It's that classic trope, but I thought really well done, and it's really making more excitement for this franchise, which has done phenomenal. Magnificent. Well, now I will be shamed into watching it post-op, and we'll see what I think. But yeah, I... Uh, I, I enjoyed the the film very much, but yeah, I can even even just with the the still I saw of his face. Good God! Oh, I and for, I, I thought it was Cameron Monaghan in the theater because I didn't have any frame of reference because it really aped that performance from the Gotham TV series, which I never finished. I think that ran. What did that run? Did that run five or six seasons? I never finished. It, it ran long and it got really yeah. crazy, but still, yeah. parts of it were it's fantastic. A, yeah, oh, yeah. My, I, and I assume that's probably still on Hulu, so it would be worth kind of tuning in. Yeah, that's so. Cal Kestis, Charlie, doing the Joker. Crazy. Oh my goodness! Yeah, and the e, Ian from a Shameless, which if you've not watched that show, you ever need to. Feel Feel better about yourself in your life. That's a good show for it. <laughs> Absolutely. Next story is this is very cool. Apparently, Nova, who is another young hero who essentially got power thrust upon himself in the Marvel Universe. Uh, Richard Ryder, who, you know, part of the galactic power of the Nova mm -hmm. helmet. Uh, he is apparently coming to the MCU in a either. We don't know yet. Uh, either a series of a TV series or a movie. 
this is pretty cool. And and apparently one of the writers behind Moon Knight, which is coming up on Wednesday, which you probably watched when you're listening to this, is actually behind this show. So um, what do we think? I mean, uh, you know, Eric Nova, is that a is that a name? Obviously, Nova Corps in the Guardians of the Galaxy is well known. But Nova was kind of like the hero before we actually knew about the Nova Corps in the comics. Yeah. And and. It'll be interesting to see. I know Charlie's been making jokes about the Eternals, and I think the the longstanding joke is that Hawkeye should have been the movie, Eternals should have been the show. You know, and that to me tends to to be the... Well, if you have 88 characters in a two-hour movie, like, it's easier to break them up into... 20 minute vignette right. so that I actually know yeah, right. so I actually know who Druig is and why I should care about him you know yeah. whereas if you're if you're right. going to do Die Hard with Arrows that could have been a Christmas movie right right um yeah. Die Hard with Arrows you know nice. but so that to me right now I think Marvel is they know what they're doing I think the only question for me as a fan becomes is to your point Todd is is this a show or is this a movie and then if if it's a movie where does it land? And if it's a show, what is it pushing to? Because, you know, with with Moon Knight, that's the question is like, are we moving towards the Ebony Blade? And you know, that is that what that those guys are going to go do the the MI5 or whatever that was called? Um, you know, the 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 supernatural crime fighting Marvel universe. Um, oh. it, are we you know, are we going to live in, in the London universe? Is that going to oh, be yeah, a with, thing Pete, with Pete Wisdom and that? Group? Yes. Yeah, Yeah, are we doing that? And then, you know, if we're bringing Nova in and we know that there's an end coming to Guardians 3, how does how do those two things sort of circle together and what's the outcome of that? Yeah, and that could be a spinoff of Guardians 3 because apparently that's the end of that franchise. But doesn't mean those those characters will cease to exist and doesn't mean that you can do the the baton handoff to more characters that bring the, the, the galactic part you know, forward. And we've always talked about, you know, Marvel's looking for younger heroes as the, you know, current characters like Thor age in reality. Um, what do you do? You bring in new characters that are come through like Kate Bishop, um, right. essentially, uh, who are these, some of the other young characters I'm missing. Iron well, Man, yeah, well Kamala Khan, yeah. Kamala Khan's getting her yeah. deal. Yeah. And Richard, yeah. it's funny. Richard Ryder, uh, is an ancient character cause he's one that, uh, was kind of launched part and parcel to Spider-Man. If you look at the yeah. first issue of his first title, Spider-Man's in it, and you know, and, and all characters from the the Spider-Man cast, Mary Jane's in there. I think the Daily Bugle factors in in some way. Him, and then uh, obviously Carol Danvers back. These are all characters from the seventies. But again, you know, what's old is new. That part of it doesn't really matter. But as opposed to Kamala Khan, who is a new new character, Miles Morales, who we've not had targeted for the MCU, but it's it's inevitable. I feel like everything is is kind of destined to be a show. Because movies have lost so much momentum uh, sure. with with COVID and with the virus, that and we've all really transitioned into being able to buy bigger televisions because we all got those Biden bucks. I'm going to buy a huge TV. Um, but then just being able to enjoy things kind of at your own pace on the small screen, people still bitch about, oh, God, I still got to wait for the next blah, 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 which has always been the way TV worked until Netflix came along. So it's like knocking off. But I feel like people are enjoying things more sitting at home. And then, you know, to your point about the Eternals, it would have worked as a show because as a movie, it was like, it went over like a fart in church. It was just, you just didn't, that was, I I watched it because I had to go see Eternals in the theater so we could talk about it on the show. My wife, April, didn't go. So we finally watched it when it came to Disney Plus back in November. We got through that movie, which is like three hours long, which, you know, everybody thinks they can pull off a three hour movie these days, which... Most can't. And she just turns to me at the end and says, you know what? That was a long movie about a bunch of characters that I didn't give a shit about. 
don't think we ever need to watch it again. Direct quote. And to my to my regard, she's not wrong. I wouldn't say if she was wrong anyway because she's my wife, but she, I think she's right. Well, you, I just, and just, uh, what I said wasn't quite that. What I said was when Harry Styles shows up, I'm like, why didn't we do this three hours ago? Because this yeah, is right. the most interesting thing that's happened the entire right. movie. Exactly. Harry yeah. Styles and Patton Oswald, who is my lord and savior hero, um, as Pip the Troll. Give me a break. You know? Uh, yeah. So yeah. I was going to say, I think I think it's there's going to be a happy medium to your point. If you've got a large story to tell with a lot of characters and the way you bring them in, I think Disney Plus is a great way to do it where you introduce characters and then you have, you know, one offs as movies where you don't have to spend all half of your movie saying who these characters are. You know who they are. And now they're doing something cool with other characters, potentially, or telling a story that makes sense on the, the silver screen. Um, there's there's a happy medium because it's really hard to pull those off. And I think, would you want to spend like I've always said when a villain gets introduced in the old movies, it's like we we spend like 25 minutes with the mats with a villain. It's mm-hmm. like we barely care about them or they're hardly developed. So it's like you don't. But versus like a Thanos, I think they pulled it off pretty well because they continue to talk about him. And then when they finally brought him in, it's like, okay, we know who Thanos is. He doesn't just show up and we have to do his backstory in 15 seconds. I think that works in effective. And I, I would I would think it would make sense to introduce potentially Nova in the next Guardians film. So they actually introduce him and then maybe make a series and then make more of a galactic film, like Galactic mm-hmm. Storm, fairly. Why not we get a Galactic Storm film? Yay. You bet. Yay. Oh, boy. Galactic Storm, which was, of course, piggybacking off of, you know, Operation Desert Storm, which what, what a what a great connection that was. Thanks a lot. Absolutely. Saddam and that makes total sense. Oh, well. yeah. Uh, we'll, we'll pivot to the next story. And I know Charlie Please. doesn't give much about Voltron, but I do. Um, I so do I. I, so I never had. I watched Voltron when I was a kid. Oh, I absolutely okay. loved it. Oh, yeah. I, I, I had. I had not sad, only Charlie. a Voltron with the lions, but I even had the. Oh, you the, did? Which the, one? The, well, the Toyvis, it, or what was it? What was it? Matchbox or. Yeah. I don't know who it, because I was eight years old. I didn't look at the label, but I also had the Voltron that was the twenty-two little spaceships or whatever. I had two different oh, versions. So, so you had the Matchbox one. So I'm very jealous because the Matchbox was super expensive, was diecast, and was no. awesome. Why? Well, trust me, I had a single. I had a single mother on a single income. I don't think we had anything that was super expensive. So okay. maybe I had the super knockoff version. Okay. So I don't know what you were talking about. Oh, well, okay. Well, there was some really crappy ones that I probably had, but I never afforded. I could never afford the Matchbox, which was fantastic. But going back to this, Voltron was for anybody who doesn't know it. Essentially, was the original like transforming robots that turned into something big like that predated Mighty Morphin Power Rangers Mm -hmm. predated Transformers was a Japanese series actually it was uh, essentially three different Japanese series which is pretty funny kind of like Robotech Um, and then you had these series that were dubbed and brought I think by Harmony Gold, Sunbow, somebody overseas right. developed them and, and, and dubbed them and everything brought them to the yeah. U.S. Basically, like Sunbow, this, was, right. this, this was the, the fantasy series with lions, and they had to protect a planet where you had to take on the evil Prince Zarkon, and uh, yeah, it was great. Loved it. Uh, evil Witch Hagar, and it was crazy, wonky, with the little mice that were funny and goofy, right. and yeah. But I... Yeah, yeah, I think I, I think yeah. I think it was absolutely Sunbow because Michael Bell, a voice actor who was the voice of Duke and yeah. G.I. Joe, he was Starscream in Transformers. And I got to meet him in our last Grand Rapids Comic Con. What a super great guy. Had a couple of Star Trek roles, which is what I was chatting him up about. He even reminded me of a Star Trek role that he had that I 
had forgotten to ask him about, which was personally very embarrassing. Um, but yeah, I'm almost this totally felt like a sunbow because it fell in lockstep with like the vibe of Transformers and G.I. Joe. But anyway. Absolutely. So uh, and quite honestly, Voltron, considering it only lasted like a year and then you had the spinoff with the vehicles and then there right. was another series that was hinted on the Matchbox. <laughs> this is how dumb I am about Voltron. I love Voltron. Um, uh-huh. But they had another series that was three robots that basically became one big robot as well. Never released anywhere, but they showed the series on the back of the box. So as a kid, I would go to Toys R Us looking for this, like, where is this Voltron? I don't know, Daddy. Where can you show me where I can find this Voltron? Really, this kid is insane. He's dumb. It's like it's like it's like reading a cereal box. And I love, and now I have to see this. Uh, this Rick and Morty spoof uh, that they show at the bottom of this with is that is that is that uh, Rick there drinking uh, drinking his flask that looks that looks I think so but but getting back to the the mix of this Voltron only the original Voltron with the lines only ran one year which is kind of crazy considering how much fandom it's it's supported it's been recreated many different times many different ways and apparently I am behind the Netflix version that came out a couple of years ago is fantastic, apparently. So I need to watch that. Um, but they are trying to bring this to live action. And this could work badly or be really cool, considering we've got the Transformers, other versions. We also got Pacific Rim with, you know, giant robots taking a kaiju, which essentially Voltron is, except it's Transformers. So I really think this <laughs> is cool. And apparently this is up for grabs. And we've got the Red Notice director, who was big on Netflix was like the biggest movie in the world is apparently up for grabs and uh, studios are trying to secure this property. So with that, I don't even know what to say. I hope this happens, but it could be horribly wrong. Like robot jocks. If anybody remembers robot jocks, big robots fighting in the, the late eighties, early nineties. I was just than that. When you mentioned Pacific Rim, that's where that's where I figured it would go wrong. By the way, I, I had to know while we were talking, uh, Voltron from 1984 does stream on uh, Prime Video. That, that is where you can watch it, according to Perfect. JustWatch JustWatch.com. So that for me is something that I will add to my watch list because yeah, I mean I loved it. This was a big one for my brother and I really dug it. So I don't know what left you with the impression that I didn't dig it, but we oh, no, just usually it. typically uh, robots was not your biggest thing in the world. You liked the GI Joe, you liked some other things. So I, I'm sorry, Charlie, I apologize, but there was one episode where it did cross over with the car robots. With oh, that's yeah. right. Castle yes. Doom was the uh, yeah that was pretty cool. So Eric, uh, I babbled enough. Uh, your thoughts? Uh, I mean, Red Notice was not one of my favorite films of all time, so that's not very exciting. Uh, and I would here's what I would say: having watched episode one of Halo and thinking that the story is pretty great, but the CGI is almost unwatchable. Like that's where it comes down to. It's like, what mm. is this going to look like in the CGI universe? Because that's really where the you know, I mean, even if you watch the the Netflix series, it's it's great, but like you're not watching it for the acting; you're watching it for the giant robots <laughs> to fight. You know, so it, that's the part that you need to nail. Because um, even in Pacific Rim, if you just don't listen to the talking, you can watch them fight giant robots and sort right. of get something out of it. And that's the thing. You're, yeah, you know, you they, know that's they the it could have made it as a silent film. Would have been a. It could have, like, yeah, just yeah. shot it at a shot it at a weekend monster jam, and it would have been fine. But super cheap, and <laughs> you would have been done. But I, like that, that to me is the thing is is not necessarily who's directing it, but what is the CGI budget, and you know, 
is it going to look like Michael Bay's Transformers? You know, oh I my think god, you, or Transmorphers, that yeah. movie directed video that yes. came out three years later. Yeah. By the way, just to uh, add an, an extra sleuth, uh, clicking onto Amazon Prime, seventy-two episodes in a single season. That's Which how is, I mean, there are. six it's, hours. It's, it's yeah, great work exactly. if you can do it. If you can have a seventy-two episode season, it's great work if you can do you it. Bet. I mean, I thought you know Star Trek the original series had thirty episodes in their first season, but there was they were an hour long each exactly. So yeah, each of these is twenty-three minutes. And also, so scripted by, all scripted by an Oscar winner, I'm assuming. Uh, it it ran from September of nineteen eighty four to November of nineteen eighty five, and pretty much you know, more so seventy two weeks. It was never not on. And it's crazy that- because typically that was ba- back behind like a toy campaign. But quite honestly, I told you, like Matchbox potentially had the license, and then they tried to find other licensees, but they yeah. didn't have a great like toy license at the time. No, right. you you, that- you almost had to find somebody who was going to Japan if you were into yeah. Voltron. You had to have right. somebody go over there to get you Are something. Are there toys that exist and then can we market them and put a, you know, a US yeah, label right. on them? But yeah, because it, it takes time. Like the Transformers or Robotech, they, they had stuff off the shelf. They pulled in. They had some toys. But yeah, uh, yeah, not exactly as sophisticated as they are today with their toys and everything else like that. But we go to the next and last story. This is very cool. I'm a big fan of this, of an actor and a franchise that is going to be a lot of fun i think and that is the fact that misha collins who plays castiel on supernatural did it actually for like 12 seasons is going to be playing harvey dent in the new gotham Knights series that is going to be coming out on the cw and the whole premise of the show is all about the children of rogues and also bruce wayne essentially being uh, set up for some ill-do-air. So you essentially got the, the, the Batman family coming in full circle and taking on crime. Uh, I love Misha Collins. He's great. He just loves his fan base. He's been fantastic. I'm curious about the show because CW has a really crappy track record for sure do. And ending badly. I mean, I, I, but as, as I just dropped on the group, flash is going into its ninth season. They're doing something right. I mean, I don't watch it, but people like it. Right. So, I mean, but yeah, you're right. I just, you're right. Starting great and losing it. Like I just, you lost interest. I lost interest. And you know, every year they'll come along and, Oh, it's a crossover, all five shows. And you and I both go, Holy shit is legends of tomorrow still on. Yeah. It's been on for 10 years. You're right. Their shows are just so, you know, it's amazing that, that a small audience can maintain a show these days because legends probably attracts maybe 2 million viewers a week, which back in the day, that would be like, we're not even yeah. going anything for under like 80 million people. So yeah, right. it's, it's amazing what the, the, the precipice right. is. Um, I, I tried to watch Naomi on CW, which is a comic I like, but the show is just trash, even though yeah. it's done by Ava DuVernay. And I'm like, yeah. she's a fantastic Oscar winner. I'm like, but the show just is not good. So I'm curious where this will go. I hope it'll be interesting and be fun. Um, I like, I love star girl. I love that yeah. show tremendously. And I really liked, um, Black Lightning. I thought that was a cool show too, and that ended after like three or four seasons because I right. think that was the right time to end it. So I, I'll be curious right. to see where this goes, but maybe they just they just need to regenerate this. Actually, after right. Flash and uh, Legends of Tomorrow ends, they need some new blood to come in and probably mix it up and not do what the Arrowverse did. Do something new. Will it ever end? That's it's kind of like the you know they probably said the same thing about the Simpsons. Well, when the Simpsons ends, that that that. I don't know. We'll see. You know, yeah, but yeah, yeah, they have to age out eventually, right? 
Exactly. And Eric, do you watch any of the CW shows or is this of interest to you? Um, it's, I don't watch any of the CW shows. Um, I, you know, I've dabbled as Charlie was sort of alluding to, I've sort of like jumped in and jumped out. Nothing's really grabbed me. This is fine. Um, but as you and I were, you and I were joking, uh, before we started recording, you know, I don't know. I don't know if the world needs more Batman stuff. Like, I don't know. Do we need more shows and movies? And like, do we need that? No, no, nobody ever, yeah. nobody ever really asked. Well, you know what? It's funny because we're going to talk in next week. We're going to talk about the the Morbius film, uh, which is a Spider Man movie with a Spider Man character movie without Spider Man. That uh, Todd, myself, and our, our guests that we're going to have with us are all really dreading going to have to see because it just the, the the early reviews are terrible. But even they're before, terrible. They're- I mean, those, the, those those two Venom movies. That was a movie that I I slept long enough and snored long enough that my wife had to wake me up it was so friggin a woody harrelson as carnage oh no yeah, well and one of those that venom movie took venom and then just lowered the bar so yeah know. well one you of- know you could take the bar down to the sub basement down to the, the sewer pipes down to you know the indian burial ground i mean you just keep going down well one of the weirdest pieces of feedback i heard from somebody who's seen who saw the movie early was that more than half of the things in the trailer aren't in the film. Oh, what? good! That's what? a good plan. That's Which a great is, plan. He was like, "Yeah, all the stuff that was in the trailer isn't in the movie." Okay, okay, all that's right. Good. That's a good way to set expectations. I like so that. what I so I'm assuming it's Jared Leto dressed up as a vampire doing 30 seconds to Mars songs for two hours is what I see. It's a concert. Oh, oh my god. I you know, I went or the or the Charlie. You saw the what was it the uh, the House of Gucci? Maybe he's just doing the House of Gucci as as a vampire. Oh well, where but without the fat suit, I like it. Okay, because yes, that's where that movie needed a vampire. He's playing yeah. a chubby Italian, going, "I want to suck your blood. Give me the Gucci, give me the Gucci sock." <laughs> oh my god, <laughs> I, I love this. I love this. Yeah, I mean, the best thing I can hope for is, and that's funny because you mentioned like things that are not in the movie, the trailers. That would be a perfect like like topic eventually say best parts of movies that were in the, the trailer that were never in like austin powers they, they, they talk about the sexy sues that was never in austin powers it was just like it's like why did they do this it's just that, like, so it's, it's just a just a pure bait and switch so anyway yes we, we got a got a little off talk but i don't even know i have no idea how we started talking about this but who cares let's know. let's wrap it up charlie i blame you oh, I, I quit i quit all right let's wrap it up uh so yeah so that's it for the news uh but todd now it's time to get an uh, an uber uh, or a gypsy cab or whatever it is we're going down to skug town zero town the worst part of the multiverse that's right it's time to go down to the geek easy talk nerdy to me We're sitting the Geek Easy, drinks are poured, music is being played, and we are ready to get our nerd on. This week, Eric, you kick it off with what you've been watching or reading in the world of nerd. Uh, so as I said, I've, I've been watching the Batman and kind of all the things that are connected to it. Reading wise, um, I've been going back and kind of catching up on Moon Knight to get ready for, I, I know we're <laughs> filming this before this comes out, but I'm sure it'll be out when the episode comes out. So kind of, kind of figure out where the Moon Knight series is going to land. And then um, also I'm super into Noctura, which is a, an image book um, about oh, really? 
um, you know, there's this the, there's this moment in time that blocks out the sun, and everyone that's outside of the light turns into these weird monsters that eats everybody that's in the light. Uh, it's what? a very cool thing that I'm super into. And then I like I said, gunslingers gunslinger spawn, and then before. Um, before we started recording as far as video games. Cause again, that's where I spend a lot of my time. I'm just uh, sucking endless wind at Elden ring, but I, I love every minute of it. <laughs> so Nocturna is that you said an image, that's an image book, right? Yeah. Maybe on Scott Snyder uh, uh, writes that. Okay. So perfect. And that might be on comiXology plus that's the it, service that I typically get for all my like indies and stuff. So it should yeah. be. Yeah, it should be. Okay. Very cool. Very cool. Um, very nice. And I was going to say on Moon Knight, what specifically are you reading to prepare yourself? Because there's so many different versions of Moon Knight. I mean, it's like, I don't know what so, version we're going to get in this series. Yeah, I don't either. So I literally just kind of let Marvel Unlimited guide me and whatever it had. Like, here's the Moon Knight stuff we're talking about. I'm like, well, that seems like a good place to point. And, they've been, and I, I check their new releases weekly. And yes, they do stay largely topical they're cranking out a lot of stuff i've been happy on marvel limited to see they're dumping out a lot of the stuff that i've been after them for the 10 years i've been a member like give me all the issues of peter parker the spectacular spider-man give me all marvel team up give me all because i love all that old shit give me marvel two in one you know yeah I, I i dig all that old stuff todd can't hack it he doesn't he doesn't do old stuff todd i did do some old stuff this week Charlie, and i'll actually get into that Ooh, yes, yes, we, yes. we pivot so uh Please. and eric will actually pivot into me because you mentioned halo the tv series so I, I think did. we all three watched Halo, the TV series. So this Indeed. is going to come from a person who I've played all of the Halo games, excluding, I think, the real-time strategy game. I have not watched or I have not read on any of the Halo comics or novels. I have not watched much of the Halo-like other series that have been out previously. So I've, I have I know the, the, the actual core story and the gameplay and everything like that, but I don't know everything that everybody that is a big nerd about halo would love probably has not played the games but just no, watched it absolutely no reference so i was the 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 virgin uh to watching it so going in kind of with like oh i know it's a game and there's master chief and blah 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 and blah but he's like iron man with a bunch of guns or whatever that's all i know yeah so i with that background I knew this was going to be essentially a different timeline, similar to like Star Trek with the Kelvin timeline where they were going to basically uh, say, come on. Oh, sorry. Well, well, I get this where they did this, Charlie, because like I've said, I've played this game since the Xbox original launched. The story with Halo is a little bit of a happy mess. The main <laughs> protagonist, Chief, is essentially has said probably like 100 lines of dialogue max. That's not good for a... TV series. You need some type of interaction, kind of like with The Witcher, even though Garrett uh, doesn't say a lot, he says enough that means something. Um, in this instance, with the main character, the way they did it, it makes sense. You're going to pivot a little bit, tell a different story. I get it, but you need certain th elements of Halo that makes sense and fits the theme. That's the. I think that's the core with anything you adapt. We're going to get it actually in the, the, the topic is best adaptations is essentially to the heart of it, and if you pivot a little bit, don't kill what makes sense with it, but highlight what makes the, the hallmark of the series really ring and, and, and sing in a lot of ways. So I will say that I loved what they did in the first 15 minutes of the series. If you're a fan of the game, there are certain things that are going to like sing to you, which is going to be the sound of his armor depleting, his shield depleting, and then waiting for it 
to essentially replenish, Charlie. So essentially, you're mm-hmm. waiting for your, you're getting nailed, and you hear the start hearing this beep, 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 like you're going to die, like your shield's going to go away. You have to find cover until it totally gets back and you get back into the fight. They did this in this in in the actual show, which I thought was cool. And people that aren't uh, playing the game would never notice that. But mm-hmm. for fans of it, they did, they did like it. Now, to Eric, you mentioned about CGI and things like that. I thought this was okay. I totally get it. it. It looked weird at times, but when they did certain things, I thought it made a lot of sense. Um, when Chief was running, and that's the whole thing, but Halo is essentially about the super group of super soldiers called the Spartans, who are basically genetically engineered, children taken away from their families, brought in to basically be badasses who are often seven feet tall and weird, but they're putting these suits and essentially agents of the UNNC, basically Earth's Defense Force, to take on this evil alien race, the Covenant, which is the Covenant goes in, Charlie, you're like this. They take on other races of aliens and people they conquer and absorb them into their army. So you'll get like different groups. So you get like these little grunts that are funny. You get those big guys, they're big badass. They have the, the, the laser swords. You get uh, other aliens too. You get the brutes that almost look like gorillas. So you do get this weird mix of it because they absorb races and use them as their, their, their forces. And so it's, it's like, uh, cult. like, like the green lantern Corps has all the different, uh, whatever. Exactly, yeah. except the, 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 it's against a cult called Covenant, which is this weird group which makes these halo rings, which are almost like matter transferent layers, which can bring in people and do things. And that's why so it's, it's Halo. They have the halo it's rings. It's like Green Lantern, but it's Amway, is what you're saying. It's like a mo- kind of like that. Yes, yes. Okay. And then we're going to Michigan. Yes, Amway. There you so go. that's why. I, that's why I saw, and they're kind of going a smaller with their like it's Chief and a girl. And that's and a, and, a, and a character you can relate to. So that's where they're going. If in this series, I'm fine with that. But I understand why people do not like this that are big fans. So I don't know. So Eric, you've also played this. You 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 are familiar with the property. I, I mean, I bought the Xbox, the original Xbox, specifically to play this game. So yeah, I mean, I am yeah. very familiar. And here's what I would say about the: I loved some of the fan service in the 15 minutes, but I just feel like. If you're going to go through the trouble of trying to make this armor look like it looks in the game, and you're going to go through all the, you know, overshield sounds and those sorts of things, there's just a couple moments in that 15 minutes where Master Chief looks like Gumby, and he's like moving in a way that a human doesn't move. And I just feel like you you can't do that in 2022 and expect to kind of have a long shelf life of people wanting to watch that. And and I guess I would put, and as, as opposed to being somebody who just complains about it. I guess compare that to the the cut scenes in fail in Halo Infinite that look better than the show you just watched. That's kind of a problem. Yeah, from the from, the, I, from the CGI part of it, exactly. Um, yeah, Charlie. So, what did you think? I mean, you not from like well, the property, but did you like it as a I mean, We watch this. It comes out on Wednesday, the same as uh, Picard. So we watch Thursday, Picard. actually. Yeah, yeah. Well, that that is the same. Oh, you said yes, it's Wednesday. No, okay. I said it came cool. out as the same day as Picard, which is, which is like Thursday. Yeah, correct. Yeah. So anyway, we watched Picard, and then we jumped into this. And April and I had no familiarity. Um, so from the point of a one hundred percent layman, loved it. Um, but it's funny when you say, "Well, hardcore of the game don't like it, aren't liking it because of this thing and that thing, and it's different or whatever it is." And it just absolutely brings a thought to me all the people who refer to Star Trek currently uh, being produced as New Trek, and it's not my Star Trek, so this is not my Halo. But it's it's something being made, comp- comp- you know, contemporaneously for a new 
audience. And for someone, I think we're the perfect, you know, my wife, April, is even a better example of a litmus test because she didn't know a damn thing. She doesn't play video games at all. Uh, and was like, well, I watched the story and I enjoyed it because it was, you know, rip roaring science fiction and it was, you know, set the stage for this and that. You can't make this uber heavy, you know, super inside baseball right out the gate kind of show like this and, and then really expect it to take off. And this is blowing up. I did see some headline that said, oh, it's the most watched, uh, you know, program on Paramount Plus over a 24 hour period. So it's outstripping Star Trek already, which makes sense. It's a big, different, wide audience. And I totally get that. Um, but yes, of course, there's going to be those who said, well, it's not enough like the game for it to feel like this and that for me. And that's just you're going to have those kind of people. But I thought it was uh, whatever it is that they did. I don't think it needs to change right now. I enjoy for a first episode. It was great. You've got, you know, yes, you're very subservient, uh, you know, controlled by, you know, basically a robo. Basically, he was RoboCop. You know, they're they're You know, they're running him with the joystick and pushing buttons to make shit happen on the ship. And then he touches the big old halo. It's funny. I've seen that as a uh, basically as a role play prop in like GameStop or whatever, that big swordy thing. That the little sword, yeah, yeah mm-hmm. that they're running around with. So that I was familiar with because I've seen it in GameStop and on the website, whatever it is. Um, but yeah, once that gets a hold of him, that's his big awakening. And that reminded me, that's a plot line that was pulled from something else that seems super familiar, but I can't really put my finger on it. It was like, well, I was part of the gang and then I touched the I touched the stone and then I remembered my life from before and da-da-da-da-da. So that, does, that, that seems very tropish, but that doesn't mean that it's not going to lead to something better on. So I, I'm engaged. We're going to continue watching. I, I totally yeah. dug that. It was an interesting decision, and Eric will probably point this out. No hint of the actual Halo music, which is very iconic, which seemed like of an odd choice. That was an odd choice. I would ad- yeah. agree with Charlie, though. When when the action died down, I actually really dug the story, and I because yeah. I'm, I'm not the guy that yells at the clouds about canon like i want you to if you can keep the the kind of the soul of whatever it is that you're trying to adapt go and do your go and tell your story i really thought the stuff that was happening in the ship and you know as that episode ends i enjoyed it and wanted to see where it went i just would like them to kind of dial in some of that cgi so it feels a little bit more realistic because when he's on the ground he feels like a seven foot tall killing machine but then when he's jumping yeah. He sort of right. feels like not so much, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. And, and it'll be interesting with the, this is episode one. We we haven't gotten more than that. We're going to see more of that as well. And we'll see what this. And they already pivoted because we've got a, a, an essence of a human-like character partnering with the Covenant, which is definitely different than we've ever yeah. seen before. So that, That'll that's be, unique. Yeah, yeah that is mm-hmm. very unique. So I could see like a human character been abducted I, as a human and indoctrinated as a child from the that's kind of a cool concept that i like that i will see where this goes but obviously yes you play the games you this but i think this is a great to your point charlie you're new you liked it so that's i think that's right. the whole point well yeah that, 20, that, that is what they're yeah. shooting for without a yeah. doubt absolutely so yeah um check it out if you want it's free for 30 days if you don't xbox a system with game pass great to, that is there and i think t-mobile i get a, a year of paramount plus for free so that's mm-hmm. kind of cool too with ads sorry but yeah, here we go. No, okay. Yes. And then very quickly, I wanted to go over a cool new series. Actually, it's already complete on Apple TV Plus. It's called Severance. This is such a crazy concept. I saw the first episode. I'm going to watch more because this is just weird and odd. This is by Ben Stiller, which is just odd. He's gone and really created a new career for himself. He made a, um, uh, I think it was called the 
Prisoners of Denimora, which is essentially about a prison break in a uh, prison in New Jersey, I believe. Now he's made this series, which is a it's a weird sci-fi, almost a Black Mirror-esque uh, approach on the fact that it's essentially saying, what if you had the opportunity to split yourself, to say, I could have my work self and my home self, and you go to work and you're cut, and there's a person that does your job. Right. Uh, yeah, I've seen person, the trailer for this. Yeah, you've seen the trailer. I'm not sure if everybody yeah, else has, but basically it's saying, yeah. essentially – your work self and your person, your personal self do not overlap. You have no memories of yourself at home and vice versa. You show up, you basically don't have any experience. You go home, you have no experience. The person that is at work has no experience of a life outside of work and vice versa. This is a crazy show. So many weird things, way it's recorded. Adam, uh, Adam Scott. Yeah it's, yeah, it's Adam Scott. Yeah, that's yeah, what I remember. Yeah, and he's phenomenal in this role. Um, and just really good acting. It's really interesting. Um, John Turturro's in it, a very unique role. Very odd, very unique. And um, I'm really all in to see where this goes because they cover on a lot of like the ethical implications and all of these things. And then there's an element of mystery at the end. I'm like, this is going to be a crazy ride. It's eight episodes wow. max. It's very short, but it's after yeah. I mean, it's five bucks a month, so it's not a big deal to actually subscribe to it. But I think this is a really cool idea, and I love the tone they set, and it's very weird. So Severance, I say That's check it out. That sounds super cool. I don't even know how I would have seen the trailer because I, you know, we have Apple Plus. I think I don't, it, it comes and goes. I got it for free, or you've got it, or something. Yeah. So, but it's been a while since I've watched something on it. So that that sounds kind of cool, and I like Adam Scott as well. Got his start. I know I've mentioned before as uh, an extra on Star Trek uh, First Contact. He was the oh, nice. Helms, yeah, he was the helmsman of the Defiant, uh, and actually had actually had a couple of lines right before you know when they were in the battle with the Borg and they were all damaged. He said, "There's another ship coming in. It's the Enterprise." And that was his line. And you didn't see him again, so for all you know, he got assimilated later on. But oh well, it happens. Uh, well, cool. Well, I'll take us home. Uh, I, we saw a couple of different things. We saw Dog, the movie Dog, uh, out at the theaters uh, on Friday night. And this is a touching tale. I feel like it was probably one of these inspired by true events, not, but not necessarily a true story. That's the catch all these days. You can say something is inspired by true events and it could be anything. You know, Todd, our podcast was inspired by true events. You and it me, was. buddies in college, and then here we are. Um, but uh, no, this was great. It was Channing Tatum uh, and a dog. Uh, it was, uh, I don't, you, do you remember actor Ethan Supley from the 90s? Huge, fat guy. who's now, He's now super rip. He was Randy on My Name is Earl, which I am on the last episode of watching. So yes. Right. But he is, he appears in this film as well, extremely ripped, super fit. It's just like, wow, there, there is hope for all of us. It was totally awesome. Uh, but no, this is a great story. The, uh, so in this, Channing Tatum uh, is a, uh, you know, battle-injured uh, vet who's been cashiered out of the Rangers. Uh, his best friend had a canine when they were fighting, you know, overseas uh, in Afghanistan, who both, uh, it seems like the dog and Channing Tatum were injured at the same time years back. Uh, and then the his friend who owned the dog uh, committed suicide, and now in present time, it's Channing Tatum's job to take the dog, who is also suffering from dog PTSD, 
uh, from Portland, Oregon, down to Nogales, Mexico, for this guy's funeral, and it is a road trip adventure kind of throughout. And it's uh, it's super touching, you know. We're we're dog people, so it's just my, you know my wife is loving all the all the dog stuff in there, and, and how you see them kind of bond in between. Not a genre film, doesn't have to do obviously with anything related to geek culture, but it was very touching. Todd, you have dog. I have, you have a dog. I have a dog. You have a dog now, don't you? Did you get a new dog? I'm trying to remember. Am I crazy? Me or Eric? Yeah, you. I've had Rufus for almost two years. Okay, there you go. And what about you, Eric? Are you a pet person? Uh, yes, I have two dogs currently and a cat somewhere wandering around here. So yeah, so yeah, we have we have three cats and a dog, and the, the dog is a whole lot less trouble. But anyway, very very touching film. And then for something else not genre, see, I'm the one who pushes the envelope. I'm always seeing you know seeing stuff that's not genre because I saw Halo, but we saw this. So we ch- uh, turned it on Hulu to this the dark side of the '90s. It was a documentary about the '90s, which is of course when when we grew up. Eric, I'm assuming you're probably close to the same age as us, maybe. Um, but uh, we're, we're in our late 40s, so we were going to college in the 90s and in high school in the 90s. But it was it was this 10-part series about, you know, the shady side of, um, you know, teen TV at 90210. Or it was the shady side of the East Coast versus West Coast rap war was one episode. And one episode was about the grunge scene and about all the dirty, you know, one the last one was about the, you know, the, uh, the high fashion and the supermodel scene. So just every dirty scumbag, dirty underhanded trick horrible, racist, sexist thing that possibly could have happened was was exposed throughout this series. And this aired on probably some cable net somewhere, but 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 obviously like 20, probably. Yeah. But it um potentially, but it was it was absolutely fascinating um with all the things that we just paid no attention to when we were growing up because it was, you know, it was way adult grown up stuff for and us. And there was no social media either. Exactly. Well, when, and one episode was about Y2K and dial-up internet, and I'm just it was it was it was we chuckled our way through some of it, and some of the rest of it we were like, oh my god, you know, like like in, in particular the high fashion supermodel industry, all the you know coercion and Harvey Weinstein and all that kind of stuff. Just ooh, I didn't want to talk about it, but it was fascinating. Again, it's on Hulu. Um, if you're of an age where you remember these things in a more innocent fashion. It's, it's, it's a fascinating watch. I'd recommend it. Very, very, very cool. Well, that is it for the geek easy. So now it's time for us to get on a prop plane and we're going to go visit our favorite uh, vacation destination. And that's where the mutants rule. And that's the Thunderdome. Welcome to another edition of Thank you, Tino. We're sitting in Thunderdome where the mutants have been gathered for a topic or a game to be entertained. And this week, we're talking about adaptations. We're just talking about Halo and did it live up to expectations. We've had other versions. I mean, I remember when I was so, Charlie, you and I saw the Spawn movie with John Leguizamo as a clone. And we're like, Woo! that seemed interesting. Yeah, that's a Maybe. word that you could use for it. Interesting is interesting is a and word. He's Bruno in in Canto. So there we go. Um, so that's a good thought topic in regards to adaptations. We so often want as geeks the things we love to appear beyond 
the original place they were created. Um, I love books. I love comics. I love games, all those things. And it's like, ultimately we say, oh, the, 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 the ultimate destination would be if they could be a TV show or a film. We all grew up with Wizard Magazine saying, this is the cast we'd have being those characters. And it's right. like, oh, you get a wrestler that looks like Sabretooth or, you know, <laughs> it's like, oh, that's just enough. And it's, it's a winner. Uh, it's perfect. It's not. Exactly. Nope. Quite honestly, it's probably not. It's funny because even now people are saying Daniel Radcliffe should be the next Wolverine. I'm like, I guess because he's short, maybe. But oh I well. mean, it, but I mean, we, we know he's a great actor, so I can't necessarily disagree with that. Fan it, casting, could be the, but again, it could be great. It's just like we never I mean, thought Daniel Radcliffe could be weird out, but that's going to happen. So uh, but I mean, you know, see. but again, fan casting can be done to beat the band. It just doesn't really mean anything. Um, Absolutely. So anyway, yeah. So so we, we get into like adaptations and things that have not been adapted and things have been adapted badly and things that have been ad- adapted well. So I think we should go from there. Um, so, Eric, <laughs> you're the guest. So, so Eric, you figure this all out for us. So, go for so it. Eric, yeah. what, what do you got? What do you, what do you got? got? So, so, so we're going to throw you to the flame. So, no, in a way, I mean, I want the good and the bad from your perspective. I mean, if you think about things you loved, and it's like, I would love to have to see that adapted, and it's gone well, gone bad, maybe hasn't happened yet, but you hear it's going to happen. What do you think? I mean, is it a good so, thing to want what you want to be on another medium? Yeah, I mean, I, I think it's always nice to see the things that you love shared with people wherever they are, right? Because if they're obviously not already consuming the book, the comic book, the video game, or whatever, and you can put it on a big screen or put it on a streaming service, then obviously that, you know, it's fun. To, I, in my opinion, it's fun to have new people join the community. You know, I might be might be speaking out of turn here, but it's fun to have new people join the community to talk to you about the thing that you love. And so I... I right. I would say, as a lifelong fan of Todd McFarlane, that John Leguizamo Spawn film was pretty terrible. Um, and, you know, I would say probably the same thing about anything that has Michael Bay and Transformers connected to it, and or mm-hmm. GI Joe. But mm-hmm. yeah, um, I just can't. They just can't get it right. No, can't and even just, even the Snake Eyes is awful. But I, you oh, want to know? You want to know good? I so it's seen not. That yet. Um, don't, maybe I will. Don't no. There's, no. There's a, I'll just no, tell you there's a 500 no. foot python in it for no reason in particular. No. But okay. Just, um, just no. But you asked about the good, and I would say Todd, in our universe, one of the hardest genres I feel to adapt to film or TV is video games because you know they're hundred hour or two hundred hour endeavors with DLC and the hours and hours and hours of of doing that makes it hard to kind of boil it down to a simple sugar. But I would say right off the bat, two recent ones that I dig. Um, I really had fun at the Uncharted movie. I'm sure I'm going to get hate. For sure. No, you know, we... Yeah, we we talked that one up several weeks ago. And we totally um, dug it. And again, I went in with nothing like, oh, there's a guy or whatever that's I've seen in something or other, and I totally dug it. Totally dug it. It was a lot of fun. And the other one that I was pleasantly surprised by, I actually dig what they're doing with Sonic. I think it's super. Oh, fun. Yes. Oh, totally. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Th- those would be the same two bright spots I would pick without even knowing things about video games, but just being able to pick out a shitty movie. You know, uh, those two are great. So, yeah, I would. those would be the, the two kind of shining stars. I mean, um, as far as, like, books I really enjoyed out of the 90s, I liked the Fincher adaptation of Fight Club. I think a lot of people okay. are, are ill yeah. would probably agree with that. Um, 
And then, you know, the, the list that you that you sent to prep for the show, a lot of those I would agree with of being completely horrible. Um, oh, you know, so, but that would be kind of my list off the top of my head. Ooh, Todd, Wing Commander. <laughs> What'd you talk oh. about that one? <laughs> yeah, it's like Mark, Mark Hamill's Wing Commander, yeah. Yeah, oh also, my God. Uh, your favorite, Charlie. Uh, um, oh, Matthew Lillard. Uh, Biff, Biff, no, yeah. well, well, Biff oh, was in the original Wing Commander PC games. Oh, t- Thomas, uh, t- I, t- I met him exactly. when you and I you and I were at one of our Chicago shows. Very nice guy. Like yeah, his name was, I think it was a Joker was his name or or something like that. He had a yeah. name. He was in those games with Mark Hamill. And when yeah. they brought the movie forward with, you know, uh, you know, Freddie, Freddie Prince Jr. and Matthew Lillard. Yeah, not so good. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a lot of, there's a lot of weirdness to these lists. Like I'm skimming through the movies one and Todd, they've, they've got one of your all time favorites on here is the worst, the wild, wild west. I'm looking at the, uh, yeah, yeah, at the, uh, the movie adaptation. I, it says a movie adaptation cause it was for a game. I didn't know Borat. Ad- oh, I guess it did adapt it from another show. Cause he was in that, the Ali G show. Yeah. Yeah. The Ali G show. Yeah. Uh, yeah. people love that. I never saw Entourage. Uh, I enjoyed the South Park movie. I, I don't know anything about the Airbender, but boy, that had a bad rep. Um, and it's funny they mentioned the Twenty One Jump Street as an adaptation, but there was no connective tissue, with the exception of actually two of the Johnny Depp and uh, I think Peter Delawy showed up and just in the cameo. But otherwise, it was just kind of nothing. Um, would you call Scooby Doo a best adaptation? I mean, it could be, I suppose. I like Again, the James Gunn movies. I thought those were absolutely hilarious. Like Scooby, Sco- yeah. Scooby Doo being like the enemy. Yeah. I really enjoyed those adaptations. Yeah, I, li- I listened to a three part podcast about how shitty the Simpsons movie was, and th- these people really liked it. I thought it was fine. I watched it with my with my older son at the time. It came out, and he loved it. So I guess I have fond memories. Um, how does someone say the adaptation of Baywatch is? Worse than the original because <laughs> because th- this That's was a, I mean the the film was a satirical comedy where the show was the show. <laughs> what are you going to say about the show? You know, oh, um, watch nights. What put David Hasselhoff as a, a supernatural investigator at night? Uh, yeah, yeah, I mean, how could The Rock not make it better? Right. Versus yeah, David Hasselhoff. Exactly. And then o- over on the comic book adaptations, they got, you know, they got some real softballs here. Catwoman, which I've still never seen, but for yeah. God's sakes, nobody likes it. Uh, 1978's Richard Donner's Superman was spectacular. It, it set the stage for everything that followed. Uh, Todd, did we ever see Shaquille O'Neal as Steel? I, I don't know that we ever saw that. Oh, one, God. We? we may have to watch it because yeah. I've never seen it. I just know of it. Uh, I have not seen it. Eric, have you seen Steel? I have not. No. But I will. I, if there's a viewing I, I party, I'll join. I'll join you. I, I I would be on board with having having a little blurb about Steel. Uh, I enjoyed the Hellboy movie films that's in here without yep. knowing anything at all. But my yeah. God, Batman and Robin with uh, Alicia Silverstone and Chris O'Donnell. I mean, this this was the thing that you know put a bullet in the head of a Batman for eight years. They were like, nope, can't do it. Uh, and then we get, you know, obviously uh, Nolan, The Dark Knight, Todd. That was that's one of your all time favorites, if I'm not mistaken. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, that was a recovery from its low point, and we've seen better yeah. things since. It is funny. I mean, if you look at these things, I mean, Fantastic Four, I would say, oh. still is wanting for a good adaptation. And I'm hoping with Marvel the MCU, we will finally get it. But I mean, so that's that's I mean, we it, this is like we've had three adaptations. We had the the version with uh, Roger Corman, which was never yeah. released. But I saw which actually right. probably was the most 
Faithful. Faithful. Yeah. But not True. good. And then we got the, uh, what is it? The, I can't remember who did it for Fox when it was. Yeah, the, those two films the, from yeah, the aughts. And then, yeah. And then, yeah, the one that came out in 15 that was famously, if you go back in our archives, I took, I, yeah. I took a very famous bullet for the rest of the team for Todd. Where and is that had, actually that? able to be screened, Charlie? Well, it's a Fox. So, but yeah, I watched this one and it was like, I'm like, yeah. get me out of this fucking theater. I cannot deal watching now, this shit. Oh correct my God. me if I'm wrong. Did they not, did, wasn't it so bad that Marvel actually stopped making the comic for a while to like get people to completely... Yes! yes. Oh my God, you're... Well, they're an X-Men, right? I mean, they try to distance themselves from X-Men and Fantastic Four because they thought Inhumans is just going to be the next big thing. And we don't have to own X-Men and Fantastic Four because we're going to yeah. be all in Inhumans. And then we saw right. Inhumans. Right, yeah, they killed... They killed... No, we didn't. The Fantastic Four no, for... Nobody did. <laughs> Four years, which is, I mean, that was, that was Marvel. That was the comic that started Marvel Comics in the, in the modern age and they killed it. It was so bad. But yeah, you're yeah. right. They just, they decided to put absolutely all their chips down on, oh my God, Todd, it is on Disney Plus. I, it's it is. This, Fantastic Four 2015. So this makes me that makes me wish that you that I had beaten you in our horrible March Madness bracket contest because I could have made you watch this. And Eric, that is something we're actually doing. Is I won the bracket for March Madness, so I said the winner gets to choose. The loser has to watch something. So I'm going to make uh, Charlie and our friend John watch something and have to come back and report out on it. It's not like they actually have to watch and say I watched it. No, they actually have to tell me. Certainly that they actually watched it. Book so this report, is going to be exactly. fun. Yes, yes. And we'll see what that is eventually, and we'll see how it goes. I'll try no, to be kind. God. I'll try to be kind. But yeah, I was thinking about that, and like, and I think about the, and I'm, I try to pivot from the best, and I think about things that I did not expect to be good, and it's a, a gaming franchise I love that's also based on a Polish book series, and that's The Witcher. I love yep, the game franchise. Sure. Yep. And that is a take the gaming is different than the actual book series, even though it's kind of the one universe and they adapted the books into the Netflix series. And I absolutely love that too. So, I mean, that's a bright spot and Netflix has actually done a pretty good job on adapting video games. Um, We saw with Castlevania with their Netflix series as well. And I think that's amazing that we get that. I mean, at times they, they cancel things if audiences don't come forward, but it doesn't mean that it's not a good uh, representation. So I'm, I'm, I'm hopeful we'll get more of those good things. And I don't want to just talk to denigrate the bad and the old because Obviously, we're in a different space, but I mean, um, I'm hoping we're going to see some new franchises come forward from Sony. Um, hopefully, we're going to see a great Last of Us Part Two or Last of Us on HBO Max, which is being developed. Uh, obviously, we have the fr- the Sonic franchise, which is being developed. Um, I would, and I know the Mass Effect series, which I absolutely love, and I think is one of the best universes that's been created in regards to uh, uh, just a concept of a science fiction universe from video games. It's going to go forward with Amazon as well. And I'm, I'm, I'm highly excited about that. So is there any that you guys are excited about that actually hasn't come forward yet? But we know is coming. Man. I mean, we talk about this kind of stuff every week and I just, I'm drawing a total blank. Um, something well, probably will you've got like the, the, the Star Trek series. That's all about what is it? Uh, the Michelle Yeoh series that hasn't come forward. Are you excited well, for that? I, well, you, I, I guess my brain was stuck in about adaptation, and that series uh, has has kind of gone silent. I don't really know what's going on with that. So, yeah, there's not. Uh, I don't know. I'm 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 struggling to think of it. I don't know, 
Eric, Eric, back to you. Sure. Um, so <laughs> I, I would say I, um, as we're sticking with the good, I really liked Dune. So I'm excited to mm. see where that ends up going. Uh, and as far as one that, that I'd love to see them take a crack at, uh, I'm late to this party, but the um, the first Joe Abercrombie trilogy that starts with the blade itself is like a super cool mm. medieval story. I mean, but each book is like 1100 pages. It's sort of a wheel of time kind of universe you're cool. leaping into. But I devoured that book in a weekend. And that would be one that I would like to see because a world without a Game of Thrones universe, it sort of needs, I feel like it needs something like that, you know, where in between mm-hmm. Witcher seasons and all that stuff. Um, oh, yeah. So th- those would be two. And I would agree with you, Todd, that The Witcher is an excellent adaptation. And and I think it helps, quite honestly, it helps when you've got a champion. You know, when Henry is like so into the character, it make, yeah. I think it makes it so that the, it can kind of pull a project like that through. Absolutely. And I, I, I think of like um, the fact that we are going to get more and more of these coming through because people need to create content. And what's great for content? Existing universes where there's a fan base. And so right. you're going to get that. And I want to go back real quick to, to what you said about Castlevania. And I would like to see Netflix do more of that because when they originally launched Castlevania, we got four episodes. They were like saying, mm-hmm. hey, let's see if you, this do you, yeah. do you like let's, this. Let's Let's take a peek. What are you thinking? Um, and that's one of the things that I like about these streaming services. If they would take more chances like that to put three or four episodes out or even two, if you have an, a pilot and then plus one, just to see if there's an audience that will go find it, you know, to what you guys were talking about with the CW. Clearly, you don't need a very large audience to keep something afloat for 10 or 11 seasons. It, that might be a fun place to see other things adapted as to your point, Todd, with the... <laughs> the proverbial content hole that we have to keep filling. Yeah. Uh, you need, <laughs> esta- you know, you content. need, esta- you need established universe. That's to- the content hole. Yeah. Hey, there, there you go. There, there's the name of the, uh, we always like to name the episode in process when we're doing code 47. The content so hole. I think the content hole is the name of this episode. So Todd, make a note of it. There you go. Yes. And Charlie, I think of like shows you've really glommed onto is like, uh, the boys and I've loved Invincible for sure. And, those oh, yeah. are, and Amazon has like done a great job with those two. I'm like, I don't even know that would have been possible in the pack that considering the level of like maturity and content that you just can't show to a broad audience. It's crazy. I mean, there is depravity and guts and gore and it's fun and you can do that and it can survive. And that's a new thing we never got before on the silver screen because you just like, we has to be an audience has to go to it for it to exist. And this is great. Right. I mean, we Brain, really are in a, a, a renaissance of like content for all ages. You can get Bluey on Apple TV plus for those parents that want something that's fun for all ages. And then you get something for adults as well. that kids right. shouldn't watch. And that's fine. You can, right. you can really, you just really uh, adapt the, the audience you want to reach out to. So I love this. So thank you everyone for your thoughts on this yes. episode and obviously we uh, are on twitter so if you want to tell us where you think we've uh not highlighted the right things that have been adapted well or horribly let us know on twitter at seek friends you and oh, with yes. that note eric thank you for joining us tell people where they can find you on the interwebs uh, I am very easy to find. You just use my first and last name, Eric, E-R-I-C, and Hultgren, H-U-L-T-G-R-E-N, and you will find me on all of the channels that you can find me. All of them, yes. Oh, well, them. thank goodness there's not like an Eric Holtz 8572. Like, you, there's a I'm, million people that have the same name. 
I'm sure there is, but I, um, you know, a point of pride for me is I'm the first two pages of Google under my first name. So you will find Ooh. me first. So, there you go. That's how this, you do it. That is, is how you do it. This is a man who knows his optimization, not <laughs> too shabby. Oh my goodness. Well, as always, you can find me over on Twitter at the C3, spell it out. And as famously mentioned, my lovely wife, April, and I run the Michigan chapter of the Star Trek International Fan Club. Top, Todd, point of order. I just received a big promotion today. I am now in 07. In the club, I am a fleet captain. So I'm, I, you may now address me as Fleet Captain Charles Carden. You're I welcome. will never do that. I know that you won't. But at any rate, you can see us. Uh, you can find us online at USS Grand Petoskey, uh, across all the socials and our website, and at various Comic-Cons around the state. Uh, I also try to update the uh, content at our Secret Friends Unite Facebook page with things that are interesting. Uh, somehow I, that causes us to lose members. I don't know why, but I will just have to try to find more obnoxious content to get rid of, you know, to get rid of some of the dead weight. We'll see what, we'll see what happens. But no, we love all of our listeners. Uh, please find us, of course, on the uh, podcasting service of your choice with our four great shows. Todd, back to you. Yes, you can refer to me as Captain Todd Oxtra, as nope. I was. Oh, right. Damn it. Actual, as I was a captain in the actual Air Force, which I know, but, are, but, but, are separated, as you will. So, so how did they separate you? Kick your ass out the door. Boop. I said, <laughs> good day, sir. I'm leaving, and I'm finding my family in Minnesota. There oh, you boy. Uh, yes, I'm at... Uh, Eoxtra on Twitter. Join me there to uh, as I engage with people I enjoy uh, and reach out to companies that do me wrong. So there you go. Um, yes, and if you want to game with me, I'm at uh, Spartion98 on Xbox and Switch and Spartion1998 on PlayStation. So there you go. Very weekend. exciting. Friends, as always, thank you for joining us. I'm going to tell you that sharing is caring and to keep on trucking. Be the hero, not the villain. In the truck. And all form the head. This podcast is part of the Secret Friends Unite podcasting network. Visit secretfriendsunite.com for more great shows, articles, news, reviews, and more. Secret Friends Unite podcasts are available on Apple, Google, Spotify, and other podcast services around the world. If you'd like to be part of the conversation, you can join us on Facebook or our new Discord server. Or follow at Secret Friends U on Twitter. Please subscribe to Secret Friends Unite on YouTube and visit our merch store at tpublic.com. Just search Secret Friends Unite. Thanks for listening.